it's noon here in Ventnor City, New Jersey, and it's lovely at the shore today, and our nation's capital, Washington, D.C., and this is news that you can use from Car Edge for Tuesday, October 24th, Dara and Zach. It's their anniversary today. Happy anniversary, honey. Um, and, um, well, we're your host, me, Ray, and uh, my lovely son, Zach. How are you today, handsome? That is Dara, my sister, and her husband, who is also Zach, for those of you who might be new yes. to the channel, not, not me and my sister. That's yeah, not cool. No, you, All right, here's the deal, Pops. Yes. The UAW, man, they just shocked General Motors. GM came out yesterday and reported their quarterly earnings, $800 million lost as a result of the ongoing strike with United Auto Workers. And just this morning, UAW President Sean Fain ordering another 5,000 workers to walk out today at an Arlington Assembly uh, factory, which builds the Tahoe and Suburban GNC, GMC Yukon, excuse me, and Cadillac Escalade. We have now seen just this week Ram 1500 production cut. So there's no more Ram 1500s being produced. And now for GM, the Tahoe, Suburban, Yukon, and Escalade. This is shocking. This is big. These are high profit margin vehicles that are stalwarts for these brands. And UAW is going for the jugular, man. This shocking to me when this came out this morning. It's it's getting serious. Um, this is when the real negotiations will begin. Um, you know, this, this this is when the UAW negotiators will will sit down. Um, and stare across at, at the uh, factory negotiators and say, hey, we really appreciate that 23% uh, wage increase you were talking about. Oh, by the way, we shut down your profitable plants. You know, the ones the ones where you make the most money. And uh, we're prepared to continue that until, I don't know, when can we get to 30%? And my guess, it's still a guess, my guess is that somewhere between 25 and 28% will be the average wage increase over the life of this contract once there is a contract. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, it's it, it's time to look at the big three and say, now you're going to pay. Can we take a quick peek at, here were the vehicles that had been taken out of production or impacted in terms of production by existing UAW strikes before this week. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to talk about, again, the vehicles that are now being impacted by production strikes this week. For GM, it was the Buick Enclave, Chevy Colorado, Chevrolet Traverse, GMC Canyon. Last time I checked, those are not the four big sellers for General no. Motors. They are not. For Ford, it was, it was the Bronco, the Expedition, the Explorer, the F-Series pickup trucks, the Ranger, the Lincoln Aviator, and Lincoln Navigator. For Ford, there have already been some fairly significant... I mean, the F-Series is obviously the most popular truck in the United States, so fairly significant strikes going on at Ford, but not all of their vehicles and, and, you know, but more significant, I would say than GM, right? Well, yes. And that's because it was last week that they decided to strike against the Ford uh, plant in Kentucky, the Ford F-150 plant in Kentucky. So yep. um, last week it became really real for Ford. Um, 
earlier this week it became real for Stellantis when they when they well because what was the Stellantis strike before this past week dad it was the gladiator and the wrangler yes it was nothing Stellantis was happy (laughs) yeah well you know truth be told they're happy that they're striking the Dodge Ram plant or the Ram 1500 plant but today's news those are the big big money makers for GM and if they're losing $200 million a week, which is what they're claiming um, from the strike when it didn't impact their high profit margin vehicles, well, then perhaps those numbers go from $200 million a week to $300 million a week. And there are, there are those in the industry who, who are saying point blank that that 200 million a week that GM is claiming to lose is significantly below what they really are losing. I don't know. I don't know what the real numbers are. Uh, We will probably never know the real numbers. It's whatever the PR departments want to put out there, but there is some loss associated with the fact that some of these facilities have been shut down and to lose your high profit margin vehicle facility well that one's going to hurt that's going to sting again the news this morning literally this morning yesterday was ram 1500 production halted halted in the united states that's actually it's painful to say but not that big of a deal in the grand scheme of things for the oems because there's a 280 day supply of ram 1500 pickup trucks nationwide they can't sell them because the average transaction price is north of 61 thousand dollars it's obviously impactful for those that are striking they're now without a paycheck this morning the update from sean fain uaw's president five thousand workers have striked struck striked struck i guess struck gone gone on strike walked out (laughs) walked out um in arlington arlington texas impacting production of the tahoe suburban yukon and Cadillac Escalade, a humongous escalation this morning, and especially on the heels of the 1500 production strike yesterday, a one-two punch on the heels of General Motors coming out with their earnings. Now, GM did have their earnings yesterday, Dad, and their sales were up 21% year over year. Mm-hmm. All right, it's a great quarter for General Motors. They also let everyone know that they have no confidence in their going forward financial <laughs> plan because of all of the uh, challenges, the many challenges that they have. They've significantly cut back on their EV expectations. And like you said, they anticipate losing hundreds of millions of dollars every month from the ongoing strike, which you and I got it wrong a month, two months ago now. We thought this strike was going to end quickly. Again, a major escalation today. And GM for the third quarter, at least, still raking in the profits. Yeah, and and I would think as this starts to really become real, um, when these plants, these high profit margin plants, um, start shuttering, well, then I think motivations change for both parties. I I still hope in my heart of hearts, I hope. Hey, I admit I was wrong on the 10 days to two weeks. My hope is, um, and my suspicion is, um, that they'll be able to settle this before Thanksgiving or by Thanksgiving. Um, I I don't think the UAW workers are really going to want to have to go through Thanksgiving and and the major holiday season um, walking picket lines. I think they'd rather be working. Uh, I believe 
General Motors would rather be producing those high-profit margin vehicles. Ford would rather be producing those high-profit margin um, pickup trucks. And uh, Stellantis is trying to figure out what their high-profit margin vehicles are going to be moving forward. Um, and, and obviously, they have, because Stellantis, a multinational corporation headquartered, I believe, in France, um, you know, they, they made $18 billion last year. So they're not hurting for money. But it, it does impact their, their business here. I, I hope that, that, you know, cooler heads can prevail. They can, they can come to some type of uh, settlement agreement by Thanksgiving at the latest. They're crossed, folks. The fingers are crossed. I want to pull up one other thing with regards to GM's quarterly earnings that came out. They actually, amidst the strike beginning, increased their incentives per vehicle, sold another trend. And for those of you who are unfamiliar, we talk about it all the time, inventory levels, market day supply of the domestic brands. And you just mentioned it. Stellantis is a multinational corporation that's yeah. not even headquartered here, but they own Chrysler, they own Dodge, they own Ram. So those are, those are you know, uh, uh, considered part of the, the domestic brands here in the United States. Of the domestics, GM has had the lowest inventory. Ford has been next in line. They have significantly more. And Stellantis, Ram, Jeep, Dodge have too many cars. Chrysler, too many cars and trucks. They just have way too many. So to see this chart, what it's showing you, everyone, is showing you an increase in incentive spend from General Motors. They actually increased by 56% their average incentive that they were spending for every vehicle sold last quarter. The reason I think this is a huge deal is because A, the strike had started. B, GM has the least amount of inventory of the domestic. So for Ford and Stellantis, this number, this uh, you know, incentive spend is going to be materially higher, I think. And C, third, third part, I think it's going to be the trend that we get back to once the strike is resolved. This is and, an obvious demonstration. And having said that, their incentive spend is still below the industry average. Um, even though it's gone up 56%, it is still below the industry average. But it also points out that in order for the GM products to be more affordable for more people, they have to, they have to incentivize the purchase. Um, and I think we'll continue to see that. Now, once the strike gets settled um, and, and inventories build back up again, say for December, uh, do I think we'll see larger incentives in December? Typically, we do. Now, obviously, this is not going to be a typical year because, well, the, we have a strike. Um, but hopefully, we can return to uh, something normal about this year. And if we can, then I would suspect that we would see even larger incentives come December once the strike has been settled. CarEdge.com slash careers. We continue to be hiring here at CarEdge. If you're interested in joining our team, there are various and multiple open positions. Please go to CarEdge.com slash careers or share that with someone who you think might be interested. One other tidbit on General Motors, and then we will switch gears and talk about the used car market because all of this going on on the new car side has a ripple effect over on used car prices. GM's average transaction price was actually up 1% year over year for the second quarter. The average General Motors product, a cool $52,117. If we look at this broken down by the different product lines, 
GMC, their average transaction price was up 9% year over year to $64,049. The average transaction price for that caddy up 5% to $74,224. Chevrolet's average transaction price was up 1% year over year to $48,000. And the Buick average transaction price actually dropped 6% down to $36,590. So there you go. That's, uh, that's what it costs to purchase one of those new GM products. And if I may, Chevrolet tracks sales were up over 500%. And the tracks, if I remember correctly, starts in the mid-20s. So you can see, based on a over 500% increase in those sales, that there is still a desperate need for entry-level vehicles in this country. Um, they're not... They don't represent the same type of profit level for the manufacturer as those big SUVs do, but they represent the ability to get into a new car for a large portion of the population. So it was good yeah. to see the less expensive cars. Uh, really, uh, you can see their sales numbers jump. All right, let's talk about used cars here for just a moment, folks. The latest data from BlackBook, the industry leader when it comes to tracking used car prices. Their weekly update came out just this morning. As the United Auto Workers strike continues, the market remains in a state of limbo, they said, with dealers still waiting, uh, still saying, excuse me, it is a, quote, wait and see situation. Overall, the market is depreciating, but the rate of decline is below what is typical for this time of year. The surprising uptick last week occurred on the 8- to 16-year-old truck segments, which actually appreciated 0.14%. We are seeing fairly stable wholesale used car prices to add this wait-and-see mentality. It makes me want to jump to, if it's okay with you, one of these live experiments that we do. Carvana oh, I just love, sent I love me live over. Experiments. Yes. Yeah, we've tested it with this Honda Civic many weeks in a row. So Carvana just sent me over another update for this Honda Civic that I supposedly own uh, yes. do not own this vehicle sorry carvana so back on september 23rd a month ago they said this vehicle is worth eighteen thousand three hundred dollars that was down from over nineteen thousand dollars a month before then now they're saying that the vehicle's eighteen thousand dollar vehicle so that kind of tracks to what black book is saying here which is you know prices are kind of stable this is in miami florida twenty eight thousand one hundred and fifty miles and they're offering eighteen thousand dollars so you know me pops i want to yeah. plug it in over on car edge dot com slash sell and let's I'm, see what other offers we get if i'm others saying are they're following. about i'm saying they're about three thousand dollars light wow you think so mm -hmm. all right let's do this really quickly bear with me folks it takes about 60 seconds dun, dun, dun. you know we can we can no, fill 60 no. seconds it's you know what was that done we can definitely fill 60 seconds i mean my <laughs> we, we typically do more than that <laughs> yeah we typically fill 30 minutes and don't say anything so we can we can definitely fill 60 seconds and, and not all right so it. you're thinking we're gonna get $21,000 offer here that would suggest that the black book data the carvana offer that there are those out there that are saying okay now's the time to buy now's the time to acquire more inventory so let's what honey <laughs> we do this live we do this live I mean, like, that's incredible yeah if i'm not mistaken that carmax offer is actually higher than the last time we did this too i think it was uh what 
I don't remember what it was last time, but yeah, it might be. The car I mean, car guru's offer is probably lower than than it was last time. Yeah, but yeah. this is a good example, Pops. The Black Book data showing some normalization, Carvana showing some normalization, and then look at that. You shop it, and CarMax is out here saying, nope, we think it's worth $3,600 more than Carvana. So what do you think is going to happen here with used car prices? You think they'll still stay a dime a dozen? A, a 2020 Civic like that is going to be worth a pretty penny? Uh, obviously. There's, there's, there's still a market for those vehicles. Um, Especially relatively inexpensive vehicles. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't, you know, I don't see any major fluctuation in used car values um, anytime soon. I, and this is a time of year where you would expect to see um, larger depreciation than what we're seeing. Um, and now we recently, what was it? Six weeks ago, we were having major appreciation. Yeah. Or, or were we having? I, I can't even remember. Were we having appreciation or deep? No, we were having depreciation then. But yeah, we go down a little bit and then it bounced yeah, back. Yeah, and, and then we, you know, but we haven't seen anything uh, barely reflected on the retail side of things. And and I think with the strike, uh, you know, obviously the fear is that there's going to be a shortage of of decent cars, so that used car values which normally go down somewhat significantly this time of year might not go down as much as they have um and there was some interesting charts in there um on on the black book thing where you can see that it's not we're not really if we scroll down a little bit keep scrolling Keep scrolling, keep scrolling. There's the chart. That's the one. Go back up. Go back up. This chart right here. And you can see how if you, last year, when you follow that green line, you could see how the depreciation started earlier in the year, like about the 28th week, and it was, pretty damn significant as we were heading towards the end of the year and you can see here the uh, the gray line it's pretty much flat it went down a little bit and it's stagnated um which i believe indicates that we're not going to see the same type of decline in retail values excuse me in wholesale values over the next few weeks, eight, nine weeks, that we normally would expect to see this time of year. Yeah, I think you could be onto something, Dad. I think it means that for all those folks that are contemplating buying a car before, between now and the end of the year, your trade-in is still going to be where the leverage is in your car deal. And that's yeah. what you have to understand because we're going to have still, with some of the um, you know import brands, inventory shortages, potentially here if the UAW strike continues on, maybe some actual meaningful inventory ramifications for the domestic brands and then that ultimately continues to drive up used car prices so that's where you have your leverage um you know in those in those negotiations and and i i see what you're saying wholesale values compared to prior years they're flat prior years this time of year they decline and considerably a, a more than indicator. what we've seen yeah um yeah, yeah it's it, a leading it indicator it, it should be an interesting next eight weeks you know i would think and 
And then the beginning of January is when we have the used car dealers starting to buy up the used cars again to uh, build up inventory for tax time. So we'll see. All right. I want to do it early and I want to do it for something we talk about often, but I think it's worth it. Go for it, Pops. Really? You've got to be kidding me. All right. So we talk about interest rates a lot on this show. We just got the updated interest rates from Cox Automotive, and they continue to be at nearly 10% is the average interest rate for a new vehicle and 14.18% for a used vehicle. The really you got to be kidding me here is no wonder we're starting to see some stagnation in terms of people purchasing Vehicles, we are only, by the time you're watching this on uh, uh, Sunday over on the Car Edge channel or right now live on the stream, we're like 10 days away from having October results. It's going to be a bloodbath, man. It's hard to afford a vehicle if you can't pay cash for it with interest rates as high 10% and 14% respectively, Dad. And, and, you know, a lot of the buyers that are out there that are buying cars because of those rates, they are paying cash. Um, I would imagine. There are many dealers out there that have seen the percentage of cash sales go up dramatically. You know, as interest rates go up like that, um, for the for the payment buyers out there, it means they're done. They can't buy a car. And so the ones that can buy a car are those that would actually, well, write a check for it. Uh, you know, if, if we still use checks today. Um, I know I do. Um, so I think this is an example where right now where cash is king. Uh, I think if you walked into a dealership, and I know there was a time not too long ago where dealers wouldn't accept your cash. They wouldn't let you pay cash. Yeah. Uh, I, think, I think they'll be very happy to take your cash right now um, because at least that way they know they have a guaranteed sale. Do you have any tips for folks when it comes to paying cash? Also, I've seen a few comments in the chat coming through saying go to your credit union, which we highly advocate yes. for, strongly advocate for. Get a pre-approval from a credit union before you go to the dealership for financing. Do you have any uh, recommendations for people paying cash debt or any thoughts? We've done videos on it, so you can Google search Car Edge, pay cash for a car. But do you have any like quick tips? Well, you know, in the past, we used to we used to suggest to people that you don't let them know that you're going to be paying cash. I think... You know, the tide has turned to a degree and, you know, you could say to them up front, I'm paying cash. I know how I know the, the tough time you're having trying to get people financed. This is going to be an easy deal in relation to what you're going through with some of your other customers. Um, so let's talk turkey now. Um, it, it's just do me one favor, though, when you do pay cash, don't walk in with the cash. And people do, and yeah. just don't walk in with the cash. Uh, just don't. But you know, make arrangements to get a, a a cashier's check from your bank. Many dealerships will take a personal check. Uh, they might not deliver you the car until the personal check has cleared the bank, which makes sense. Um, but yeah, just I think you've got leverage with cash today. Yeah, because you have a done deal versus the dealership trying to get you financed. That's also why, honestly, coming in with the pre-approval is also, also helpful. We do have this quick question. Why don't dealers like cash from Rusty Bumper Classics? I'll simply say this. I was reviewing the earnings for Asbury Automotive this morning. 
And on the back end per vehicle that they sold, they were making two, sometimes $3,000 just from the financing. Okay. So that is why dealerships don't like cash buyers because they can make less money, significantly less money, half as much money yeah, uh, the, when someone doesn't finance. The, the dealers make money on placing the loans. It's indirect lending. So they get a kickback from whatever lending institution they, they send that loan to. So um, that's why dealers don't like free to pay cash. You're, you're cutting off some of their potential income possibilities. And that's the double-edged sword of what you're saying. Going in and saying, hey, I'm a cash buyer. Traditionally, you lose leverage. Yeah. In this market, maybe you gain some leverage because it's a known quantity. You know you're actually going to buy the vehicle. Your mileage may vary. Every dealership is going to be different. The tried and true is, you know, don't talk about how you're going to... Honestly, what we preach is just focus on an out-the-door price before yes. you talk about how you're going to pay for it. That's, and, that doesn't change. That doesn't change. And, and truth be told, you know, the, depending on the... Uh, on the brand, um, it, it, cash could be more likely. You know, for a lot of your luxury brands, we see a lot of cash deals. And then you also see a lot of people who, well, really can't afford them and they're just, they're just uh, <laughs> payment buyers, uh, yeah. even at a luxury brand. But for the most part, people buying luxury cars tend to have the uh, wherewithal to actually write that check for that big number. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, can we switch gears for a quick moment and get some input from the community? Well, certainly. All right, on Monday of next week, Auto Insiders with Ray Shevska, brand new podcast, it launches. We need your help choosing the cover art. I've got two options. Would love your thoughts, Pops, and would love the community thoughts. Option one is going to be one. I, so I, can, always, one. I can already tell you because I can see that preview. It ain't going to be that one. And then option two is option two. And then if you have suggestions for alternatives, we are all ears. Here is option one. I don't think so. <laughs> all right. So we got Pops's reaction to that. And then we have option two. I don't like that one either. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've got until Monday to figure it out, folks. Looking for some feedback in the chat. Pops, what do you want to see in your cover art? Um, I don't want to see me in that sweater, number one. Um, that sweater highlights just how fat my face is. Uh, <laughs> so, um, you know, uh, hey, let's take a picture of me wearing this shirt. I kind of like this shirt or some of my other shirts. And I agree with Ken Rowe. We need an option three because options one and two, just just from the host's perspective, uh, she, I will boycott. <laughs> I will boycott the podcast if that's the cover. No, I, I can't boycott it, but we need something a tad more relaxed. Even if you just take a screenshot from me sitting behind a microphone on our daily shows, um, I, I, I think we can come up with personally something right, tune back in and no but one thing for larry appleton option bad. three ray and a speedo absolutely not buddy the last thing the world needs is to see me it, hell the last thing i need is to see me in a speedo so that ain't we will uh, we'll be back with more options tomorrow definitely <laughs> yeah. but this is why we do what we do folks we got no yeah. shame in our game we're looking for all the help that we can get so excited for the podcast to launch again this next monday 
uh, you'll be able to uh, be able to listen to all the episodes. I'm excited to listen to those. Yeah, episodes. and what what is it? We're dropping three uh, three uh, on the first day. Uh, <laughs> oh gosh, Ray in a suit that ain't happening either. Um, you know, I stopped wearing suits to work in the uh, late seventies when I worked at Admiral Nissan. I used to wear suits and then I used to get down on my hands and knees to appraise cars and look underneath them and rip my knee or get grease. And I, and I just said, you know what? I'm not wasting my money on suits. Uh, (laughs) And I, I got to the point where, you know, I, I used to wear a decent button down shirt and then eventually got to the world where we could just wear polo shirts um, I, and I didn't wear jeans, but I wore as close to jeans as you could get without being in jeans. And I always wore comfortable shoes. You know, I was, I was not interested in making a fashion statement other than I'm spending 12 to 14 hours a day here. I'm going out. I'm going to get on my hands and knees. I'm going to be comfortable. Good for you, Pops. Good for no. you. A couple little Car Edge updates, and then we'll call it a show. Check out the new homepage. It's got me and my dad on it. That's Car Edge. Dot com. All of the various free resources are up here in the top right next to resources. If we've helped you in any way, go leave a Google review. We really appreciate those. Under About, it now links to the careers page if you would like to uh, apply for a role here at CarEdge. I am seeking out feedback from folks with regards to our CarEdge dealer program. We've got a Ford dealership that we're working with, um, really seeking out feedback on how we can make that program a success. So go ahead. Click on the view inventory, and then you can get in touch with us. Uh, If you call, that actually comes directly to me. So I'm super excited to talk to our community members about how we can set up the Car Edge buying program to be most successful. And then we've got a huge promotion to close out the month over on the extended warranty, vehicle service contract side of things. So that is there on the homepage as well. So really excited about the work that we're doing back at Car Edge and really looking for some input from the community to help us set up that car buying program to be to be the best, to really, really be the best. So looking forward to talking to many members of our community to help me um, help me figure it out. Um, Pops. Yes. Oh, Justice just said, did I miss anything? Can you re- recap everything like you talked about? <laughs> I was in a console call. We do offer consultation calls as well to help folks out. Um, Justice, one of the most incredible members of our team handling those. Justice, we're going back to the drawing board, man, on all the cover art. Not a lot of love for number one or number two. <laughs> we'll talk about it after the show, man. <laughs> we we can't wait to see number three, which doesn't exist yet, but there's <laughs> we got to find something better. <laughs> All right, Pops, we'll be back tomorrow, right? Um, you know, my my suspicion is that we will back we will be back tomorrow at noon Eastern, nine Pacific, eight a.m. in Anchorage, six a.m. in Honolulu, and and hopefully. Um, we will we will be back tomorrow celebrating our Phoenix Suns' first victory of the season, and perhaps even the Arizona Diamondbacks surprisingly making it to the World Series. And I must say, with the shuttering of the Arlington plant for General Motors, there's five thousand people that won't be able to entertain the thought of going to a, a World Series game. Because uh, they ain't going to be spending their money on World Series tickets when they're going to need to keep as much money in their pockets as they possibly can. Strikes are not good, man. Not good for the workers. Not good for the automakers. It's 
hopefully hopefully a resolution soon again big news today so if you just joined go listen to the beginning pretty crazy stuff what yeah. happened have a great afternoon pops thank you again everyone for being here with us and uh, we'll see you tomorrow absolutely thanks everybody